We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, first things first, I want to touch on this uh, Russell Wilson. I don't know if we could call it a rumor. But I know you're, you've been working on something. Break it down, the idea of him uh, maybe taking his talents elsewhere. Well, actually, yesterday, Dylan, DVA, as we all uh, lovingly refer to him as, put a great article out that ESPN's beat reporter kind of linked Russell Wilson to the Falcons. That was interesting enough. Today, uh, former Seahawks running back, legendary player Sean Alexander was on the Up and Adams show with Kay Adams. And uh, she she asked him, where do you see Russell Wilson playing next year? What have you heard? Any rumblings? And I quote, I've been hearing maybe Atlanta. That's what I've been hearing, but I'm not sure. He did hedge that a little bit. But he went on to explain that Atlanta has a good tight end, good receivers, the lines. Okay, that's one possibility for him, Chad. But as I wrote in the end of the article there, a previous ESPN report referred to the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Minnesota Vikings as potential fits, the New England Patriots, the Falcons as sleepers. There was also the Steelers that were linked to Russell Wilson. So my thoughts are what I say uh, to close there. When, if and when Russ hits the open market, he will not hurt for interest. He will find a new team. It's just a matter of finding that team. And what kind of money, you know, what kind of love is going to be out there for him? I'll be yeah. curious to see. Um, I think it was in that same article that the DVA wrote uh, yesterday or the day before. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure the ESPN projections, I mean, they have him coming in on like a three-year, $36 million deal, uh, deal which is like guaranteed. a far cry, obviously, from what he got in August of 2022. And if he did sign for that, it would be what three hundred thirty twelve million dollars a year. But he does have offset language in his contract, so it would take a little bit of the monetary sting away from his release. The Broncos would still be on the hook for dead money, but that's the uh, scuttlebutt right now, Chad. We're going to keep talking about it here tonight. Papa Bear, as he is known, David McElrath in the house with a very generous super to get us rolling tonight. Saying Buckham times three. And good evening, Broncos country, right back at you, big dog. We really appreciate you, especially this time of year, man. Every little super chat uh, really, really helps for 
Zach and I. Yep. Uh, Sam Bam also jumping in. Much Thank love you, and respect. Appreciate you, man. He says, what's up? Regardless of what rumors emerge, we have learned that George Payton keeps everything within solid and soundproof walls to make sure nothing gets out. So any supposed rumor is just clickbait, I believe. Go Broncos, hashtag rumor season. So I think for the most part, you're probably right on like, say, the Russell Wilson, you know, scuttlebutt and whatnot, Sam. But we also titled around this episode, Zach, the uh, Garrett Bowles scuttlebutt. And the interesting thing there is what gives a little bit of veracity or more so anyway, it came from James Palmer, of course, NFL Network. And uh, here's what he said on a recent podcast. He said, what's really going to happen with this dead money is you're going to lose players on your roster. I don't know how they keep Garrett Bowles on this team. I know Garrett thinks that. You can't pay everybody on the offensive line. You're going to have this much dead money. You know, this is under the assumption that they move on from Russ. So if Garrett Bowles believes he doesn't see a spot on, on the Broncos roster uh, for him, that's a little bit concerning. Now, that's it, though. You know, it's just like, hey, what what Palmer understands Bowles thinks might be happening. But that's still, Zach, many moves away from the Broncos either coming to him and saying, hey, let's let's extend you. Right, because there's a couple different options: extension, restructure, but a restructure in a contract year very unlikely. So it's more like extension uh, or release for Garrett Bowles. But that's definitely out there in the wind. It's a possibility. It's one of those things, Zach. Where and Lance had the article for us, did a great job explaining why it doesn't make very much sense to to release Bowles. Like you're better off trying to find a new contract for him and deferring some of that cap hit on down the road because. You go, oh, you've got all these different roster holes. Creating another one, Zach, is not going to help you fill any of the others. So, like, that's the big thing here, which is why I think he will be approached as my as my educated guess for an extension. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you trade or release Garrett Bulls, you're opening up, uh, you know, another roster sp- priority and you're making more work for yourself, you would have to find someone who's a, can we agree that Garrett Bowles is a top 12 left tackle in the NFL? Never been the biggest Bowles guy, but pretty solid above average left tackle. You would have to immediately find that guy outside the team because he's not on the roster. Cameron Fleming's on it, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to speak for Garrett here. Based on what we heard throughout the course of the season, I think a part of him wants to see what else is out there in terms of, the NFL. I, I think he's tired of losing. He's tired of making the playoffs. He even sat at his locker, Chad, a few months ago before the winning streak and looked completely dejected. He said, I'm sick of going through this. And I can't say I blame him, but I think there's a part of him that wouldn't mind if he was traded, wouldn't mind if he was released based on what Palmer reported. I just don't think it would make the best sense for the Broncos to, uh, to do that. Well, even if that's true and he might not hate the idea of moving on and taking his talents elsewhere as it were careful what you wish for and it's also worth mentioning too you know he's a he's a utah guy um he's really known nothing but living in the rocky mountain region young family lds meaning mormon you know it's not i don't know there are other considerations i guess is what i'm getting at but sam pardon me that's uh you know, the rust stuff, it's all just scuttle. But, you know, as far as where he may land, Zach did a good job both in the article and tonight listing all the different landing spot rumors that have floated around since things the offseason began. But 
first things first, Zach, Broncos got to come to the table and actually make the move, you know, do what they're going to do to resolve the situation, whether it's releasing him, trading him, ain't going to happen, or, you know, rekindling something, restructuring, very unlikely also. So it's release, probably what we're expecting still. Yeah, and I wrote the article and I let off with saying that his future is still as cloudy as it was at the end of the season. And Sean Payton said it's going to be a quick process and he won't drag it out. So I agree. The Broncos have to drop that domino before others can fall. But Sam, really quickly, I don't know if the clickbait thing was a shot at us. I'm sure it wasn't, but we got to do what we got to do. It's our job to report on these things as minuscule and as irrelevant as it may seem. So until the rust situation is resolved, just grin and bear it. That's all I can say. You know, everything's a, a clickbait of one form or another. You know, everything. Uh, even a, a classic ad that you would see, you know, in a glossy magazine before the internet, that's clickbait. Click meaning, like, take them to where we monetize. How do we get them? You know, we're selling men's cologne in the 90s. How do we get them to help us monetize, sell this thing? You know, you got to bait them. So now it's called clickbait. Back in the day, you know, headlines. Uh, on magazines and newspapers, especially front page, it would always be a little bit more hyperbolic, a little more sensational, etc. I don't even trip on that stuff. It's at the end of the day, is the article real in terms of are we sourcing at least semi, uh, at, at least not semi, at least uh, respectable sourcing, right? We're not, hey, some dude on Twitter named Tyler129 uh, is, is thinking Russ lands in. Uh, Atlanta. No, we're talking about Sean Alexander, a guy with some roots in Seattle, probably some kind of history or, or friendship with Russ, etc. But uh, anyway, guys, before we jump back into the chat, lots more to get to. Want to see what uh, what's on y'all's mind. Want to see we're going to talk about some of the senior bowl stuff. Uh, but there's another big bowl coming up very soon, as you know, the Super Bowl and Little Caesars, which is, of course, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. They know football fans love a great game and also obviously a great deal. So they're tossing out a challenge and calling it pick six for slices and sticks. If there is a pick six during Super Bowl 58, fans who accepted the challenge, Zach, on the app, the Little Caesars app, get a free slices and sticks, period. Yeah, we've partnered with NFL legend Derek Brooks of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some of y'all will remember him because he knows all about the pick six, having returned one, Chad, during Super Bowl 37. That play led to a 44-yard touchdown and a win for the Bucs. So Broncos country, accept the challenge today and win some pizza. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Awesome. Much love and respect. Pizza, pizza, indeed, to Little Caesars. Uh, Okay. So let me, uh, let me let me say hello to some of the regulars. I see Troy in the house. I see the Duchess. Michaela Parker's in the house. David Youngkin's in the house. William. Uh, who else we got here? Miller 707 champ. Been a minute. Good to see you. Uh, I'll star that one. Maybe we'll circle back there. Tonight, guys, um, we got to keep it a little bit tight in terms of how long we can be streaming this evening. So any burning topics, questions get it in the chat and we will jump on it asap and of course super chats we will we will nail before we dip out uh but troy he says moving up trading up in the draft obviously is so risky are we moving up for uh young or stroud or for lawrence or wilson which of the top three this year will be a bust without knowing just too steep a price yeah that's the problem is you know there's no sure thing death and taxes or whatever right as far as the absolutes of life in the NFL, how many sure thing, how many prospects that quarterbacks have been touted as sure things? Really, Peyton Manning, John Elway back in the 80s, Peyton Manning, luck, luck for a time. Trevor Lawrence was talked about as that, but he hasn't quite been that, you know, bona fide guy quite, quite yet. So the problem is you're never going to know, is the point, right? And people weren't sure on Mahomes. Chiefs, right. they moved up, I think, if I recall right, that modest trade-up got him. Turned out to be like the modern football Michael Jordan, much to our chagrin. <laughs> you don't get the sure thing. You got to risk it or else you don't get the biscuit, and that's the bottom line. No, there's no sure thing. It's the ultimate crapshoot, and there's no way to know until you know. Unfortunately, it could be too late by that point. But what we could know ahead of time is what quarterback of the big three or of the second tier is a the best fit for Sean Payton's offense. And if you want to talk about the big three, which is Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, I my opinion is uh, Drake May would be the best fit with Sean Payton, and I do think that Sean Payton would love to coach him. The problem is, how do you get to that point where you can draft him? You would have to be in the top two and – As uh, we've been writing about and talking about on social media, Chad, getting into the top two is going to cost a pretty penny that I don't think George Payton is willing to spare. We'll see. It's really weird. You know, we've we've talked about this before is you kind of have contravening uh, paradoxical contradictory um, resumes or, or reputations when you when you think of. George Payton and Sean Payton. George Payton comes from the old Vikings kind of philosophy of stockpile, stockpile, as many darts as possible. And if you go back and look, Zach, at those Sean Payton draft classes in New Orleans, sure, there are plenty of years where it's, you know, six, seven guys, whatever, but there are a lot of years where it's four picks, five picks. Not because they were always just missing out on picks, but because they take those picks, parlay them into trades to move up and get, you know, whatever their shortlist was, they were willing to do whatever it took trade up, get their guys. And I'm not just talking first round, but moving up, you know, from round six to round four and stuff like that. 
So you have those two different philosophies coming to a head. And I think you have to go, all right, which, where do we err, you know, in terms of trying to predict and project where the cookie crumbles for the Broncos. And I think you have to boil it down, Zach, to the power where the, where the, where the buck stops power wise. And that's Sean Payton. So I'm not going to be surprised. In fact, I do expect Sean Payton to do something. I think there's been especially enough smoke going on since even just the last two weeks, really Zach, the last week that Sean Payton's putting some kind of feeler out there, letting it be known that he's trying to move up. And it could be because he's Broncos have already made calls up, up the chain, right through the, the uh, top five of the draft, trying to see if they can find a taker and, doesn't mean the Broncos are leaking anything. Could be the other side leaking thing to their media, uh, things to their media sources, etc. So that's how I see it. Yeah, the other sides of the coin of you know if the Broncos don't want to do it, even if they do, another team has to be willing in the top three to come down all the way to twelve. You need two to tango, and these teams in the top three might be dead set on going one, two, three at quarterback, and the Broncos could do nothing about it. There's three or four scenarios that are going to play out in terms of where the Broncos go at QB in the draft. They either trade up to the top three, they stay at 12 and take someone there, they move back a few spots and still take someone, Bo Nix, McCarthy, et cetera, or you wait until the third or fourth round and maybe take a Michael Pratt and uh, focus elsewhere in the earlier rounds. That's really all they can go, Chad. Man, miss me on Michael Pratt for what it's worth. Um, Mike, appreciate you, big dog. We got the ronk checking in. And yeah, guys, sorry, uh, Zach knows... This week in particular, last two weeks, I've been juggling some things on the on the home front with the family. Everything cool, just some changes that have kind of had to had to figure out how to reprioritize uh, time, so to speak. Uh, so it's not that I am trying to be late. It's that certain things have. It's just the way it's it's kind of crumbling, which is also why tonight I have to keep it a little bit tight. So maybe, maybe I'll explain it a little bit later down the road, but for now, just know that it's temporary. Um, we're Zach and I are notorious for always being at least 10 minutes late. That's just kind of the way we are. <laughs> um, you know, Tom Coughlin would definitely not approve of our approach. <laughs> oh, we would have been, uh, he would have cut us a while back, but then he'd Exiled. be missing out, you know, he, he'd be missing out. But, uh, anyway, appreciate your guys' patience and being there for us. The Ronk, appreciate you as well, my friend. Um, but yeah, the, the, the whole um, Michael Pratt thing, man, like it was really weird. If you, if you, you know, we know a lot of people that are at the senior bowl this week talking to guys. I mean, you guys have been listening to Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Some people were saying day one, Michael Pratt, goodness, this guy's actually impressing me. So I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Then I'd hear from equally the same number of guys like, wow, what a crap show. This dude has no arm. Da, 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 da. So it's like, we're let's, let's see in the fullness of time, Zach, how this thing matriculates. And, by the time you get to the third practice, he punctuated it with basically hurting his draft stock. He's a l late round flyer guy, like a Simeon. He could he could go on to be some kind of, you know, fail safe starter in the league. But miss me on him. Uh, real quick, we got to grab Sam jumping back in. Love you, big dog. He says 84 days, 12 weeks to go until the draft. I always feel like it takes forever to get here. Ugh, I know, but Zach, at least we got. Uh, the podcast and the community to help us kind of um, not kill time, but make the time go faster. 
Absolutely. And thank you, Sam, for your uh, another generous contribution. And I'm with you, Chad, on, on Pratt. I see a lot of Jake Browning in him, whereas a pretty high-end backup and low-end starter, definitely not a long-term franchise quarterback and uh, the ultimate last resort for the Broncos, I hope. Even though he, you know, he talked about having multiple interviews with Denver, they obviously have a level of interest. I just hope they make more of a splash at that position than Pratt. Yeah, I mean, if they if they're if Sean Payton's trying to move the needle in twenty four, and we're not talking like a two or three year mini rebuild, Pratt's not going to move that needle for you. Uh, Kathy across the pond, so good to see you in Thank Deutschland you, in Germany. She's uh, a perseverer. She's an overcomer of obstacles. And she's a great member of our community and an awesome Broncos fan. She says, "Hi, Chad and Zach. Take Bo Nix at twelve or trade back." to around pick 22 and take JJ McCarthy and get an additional second round pick for a D lineman like Mizzou Robinson hashtag MHH for life. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility. You know, my thought process, Zach on Knicks, I was starting to get a little bit like overhyped myself on him just a little bit, like kind of going, okay, so much smoke here. I'm going to start kind of like, you know, you can't help but start not expecting or planning, but, you know, you start thinking about what it would look like with a with a Bo Nix doing things, and I still think that there, it could be a great fit, Nix and Peyton. But at twelve, I'm not so sure. I think his week in Mobile didn't move the needle much forward for him. It didn't hurt him, but I think NFL teams, Zach, that have been in Mobile this week, that were hoping to see, you know, him pushing the ball a little bit more. So let's let's kind of test some of that arm strength stuff. Very accurate as a passer. And it's not that he didn't, you know, Scott's got some great highlights up on his YouTube channel. We've got some of them up on our YouTube channel. Thanks to Scott. You can go watch him. Great touch passer. He can get the ball, uh, you know, north, so to speak. But it's not with that kind of zip. It's not, you know, you're not going to mistake those balls, Zach, for Josh Allen, a Josh Allen pass, right? Like, or even a Mahomes, so to speak. So I don't think he hurt himself. Like, he was basically what teams expected to see, but he didn't meet ex their whatever hope or expectation they had for a little bit more. But you get to the combine, bow, you're going to have to uncork a few things. And that's when we might kind of know a little bit more. Yeah, he was definitely up and down at the Senior Bowl. I, I think there was a little more bad than good from Knicks based on what I saw. He seemed a little hesitant to really, as you were talking about, showcase his true talents and uh, his arm talent. He had a couple nice deep passes. His deep touch is pretty good, kind of Russell Wilson-like, but you have to really fall in love with a Bo Nix or a McCarthy or even a Penix who also struggled at the Senior Bowl in Mobile to pull the trigger at 10. I'm with you, Kathy. If for some reason the Broncos can't move up in the top three, my first inclination is and has been move back five, six, seven, eight, ten spots, pick up more draft capital, and still get your quarterback potentially of the future. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. And like Sam Bam was saying, you know, we, we got to hurry up and wait. From the top Ooh, rope, we yeah. have a Mount Rushmore member of the Super Chat Superstars hey, in Kayla. the house, Michaela Parker. We love you. And she's saying here, I heard that both Michael Penix and Nix were bad at the Senior Bowl. What do we do this year to be good? Can't keep doing the same thing and expect the fans to be okay with it. Yeah, so um, I think Penix... Yeah, there were some there were some issues with panics, but like he did show off his his arm. He's a southpaw. He did show some, I think, more impressive kind of arm talent, say than than Nick's. But there were also some head scratching stuff um, with with Penix this week. I I don't know. Maybe you could argue Zach that that Nick's stock is kind of in stasis, kind of static. Penix maybe down a little. But there's still a long row left to hoe relative to the path to the draft for both these guys, and a lot can change. And we don't know how um, teams are feeling about things, right? Like what we're what what you're hearing, Michaela, what we're talking about, and even the things we're imparting to you and sharing are things we pick up from observers and media that you know we trust, right? Guys whose read on things we we can uh, relatively feel comfortable taking to the bank, like Scott, for example. You know, Scott. Uh, he doesn't sugarcoat anything, as you guys probably have figured out by now. It's pretty blunt and direct when it comes to, um, you know, communication. And so he'll tell it like it is. Neither one of those guys, Zach, left no doubt on the field, you know, where it was like, oh, oh, you know, Josh Allen, senior bowl, Baker Mayfield at the senior bowl, you know, going back a few years. They left some questions open. And so in that sense, you could say maybe their stocks impacted in the negative, but um, the, the answer here, Zach, for Michaela, what do the Broncos do to be good? Because fans are getting fed up. You and I, for years now, we've had our finger on the pulse of Broncos country because of the massive social media followings that we um, that we run and operate. And these podcasts, to say the least, we can tell that there's a I'll, – I'll speak for myself. There's a, I've, I've sensed a little bit of a sea change, as it were, for Broncos fans that are – you know, right now, for example, Zach, a typical – February 1st uh, with quarterback questions for the Broncos in almost any typical year. Right now, there's 250 people live in the chat. This time last year, under those same auspices, it would be 500, it would be 700. Um, fans are a little bit, they've kind of apathy starting to set in a little. So what's your answer for Michaela? I think you're right. There's a lot of Broncos fans out there like Michaela who'd rather focus on the Nuggets or the Avs or a, another successful f- sports franchise and not have their hearts broken by the Broncos year in and year out. And Michaela's right. They've been doing the same thing and gotten nowhere in the post-Payton era. The one thing they can do to make it different and not go through another tough year or at least have some upside for the future is take a gamble on a quarterback. And we all have our preferences as to what quarterback we prefer in Denver. Obviously, we like one from the top three, the big three. But just take a chance on one of them. You're paying Sean Payton $18 million a year. 
He's one of the best offensive coaches of this generation. He needs to earn that money by developing a quarterback. And as long as they just swing for the fences, Chad, I don't care if they strike out. But what yep. would bother me is if, if they bunt or if they take a walk or they don't swing at all. Complacency and doing the same thing, which is signing a uh, another Jared Stidham, signing a Jameis Winston, signing whoever, whoever, uh, Trevor Simeon, like you were talking about, that would be just continuing in the world of suck, staying in neutral, regressing, not progressing. So the only thing they can do, Michaela, to move the needle forward is just take a chance and try. It's the most important position for a reason, and nothing is going to change until the Broncos get that right. I mean, look – Guys like Cecil Lammy, you know, he's a he's a dude, especially as it relates to the draft and his contacts and the scouting networks, uh, both in media and the actual league and whatnot. You know, his opinions on things and some of the rumors he floats are you you can take more to the bank. There's a little bit more sand to it, so to speak. And one of the things he's been talking about since he's been at the senior bowl is everybody around the NFL still thinks very highly of Sean Payton. And they basically, the message is he's going to go hell-bent for high water on getting himself a quarterback because everyone knows and believes just wait till he gets his quarterback. Once he gets his quarterback, it's off to the races. So to me, Zach, that's just one more little kind of breadcrumb uh, on the on the trail to the draft, but it's it further kind of tips the scales for me toward I am expecting some kind of bombastic move to get their guy. Now, whether or not that guy pans out and gives Michaela and all the fans a great year to be proud of an exciting, productive, winning type of season remains to be seen. But it does start with the quarterback. Without the quarterback, all the Von Millers and Patrick Sertans and Justin Simmons and Cortland Suttons in the world aren't going to move the needle. Sean Payton knows that. And if you're moving on from Russ – extreme measures, drastic actions, you know, that's what it takes. You got to, you got to respond to those things in kind. So I'm not worried about it. I think they're going to push for their quarterback trust on that and give us something fun to root for this fall. Michaela, keep your chin up. Trust Uh, James, bro. He's got a shirt. Awesome. Look, rocking his his brand new t-shirt. James has been just going off very generous to MHH, to our podcast, to all the podcasts. Of late, he's kind of been on a tear, so we sent him out a T-shirt as a thank you, and uh, he's he's showing us right there. You got it, love it, dude. Uh, thank you, buddy. He says thanks so much, guys. Thanks for keeping the preseason or the pre-off season, pre-off season. Uh, interesting, for sure. Yeah, James, appreciate it, and uh, glad you like the shirt. The off season will start in kind. That's a good way of putting it. The pre off season, but the off season will start when the Broncos decide what they want to do with Russell Wilson. That's why we're talking about that domino dropping. And, and until we reach that point, we're in the the pre period, Chad. James, hey dude, not everybody wants to be a social media star. We get it, but if you want to email us that very pic of you rocking your new football priest T shirt, we'll put it up on our IG and we'll put it up on our Twitter and in our community tab on our channel on YouTube. So. Feel free, my friend, if you'd like to do that, uh, we'd be totally down. Just email it over. Uh, Sam Bam again, bro, going off the chain as he is wont to do. This is why he's near and dear to our hearts and crucial uh, to our community. Love you, Sam. He says, if the Broncos don't go the draft route for a quarterback and go with an experienced quarterback, free agency or you know a trade, who's your first choice considering the draft capital and contract status? I can't see Jarrett Stidham being plan A. I can't either. I think that we could have risked the possibility, Zach, 
could have been at risk had the had Sean Payton not exposed Jarrett Stidham in his scheme to uh you know NFL first team competition in those final two games there would have been that chance he could delude himself into thinking now we got Stidham let's you know kick the can down the road after seeing that he can't be I mean we're talking about an expert offensive guy there's no way he's going yeah Stidham can be the guy so I agree with you on that Sam Bam my answer here is Baker Mayfield but the Baker Mayfield route would have to be accompanied or preceded actually by a few things. First of all, Russell Wilson as a post June 1st cut, you take 85 million dead as a pre June 1st cut, turn that into what is it, Zach? 36 million, I think, this year. Still bad, still almost at the record, but not like doubling the record and then some. Okay, you do that, then you got to quickly work to free up more cap space. You got to talk to Justin Simmons about an extension. You got to talk to Garrett Bowles about an extension or release him. You know, all those guys that we've been discussing as, you know, potential cap casualties slash restructure guys, you got to get that done. Cut some of the guys you know aren't going to be factors next year, like Tim Patrick that are making some money, as much as it might be painful. I'm just telling you some of the things that would have to happen. Not that I want them to happen. Then you could go out maybe and, and try and recruit a Baker Mayfield. There's a chance, Zach, he could command upwards of $30 million per year. Maybe not. We'll see, but he won't be $5 million a year like Jarrett Stidham. <clears throat> to me, that's the most ideal option if you're going the veteran route. And what do you do from there? Okay, so maybe you don't take a quarterback at 12 this year. You take a left tackle. You take an edge rusher. You're kind of moving forward with Baker as your short-term guy. If he fails to move the needle beyond like a playoff berth or et cetera, two, three years in, then you've you know, you've kind of caught up relative to your draft stuff right now. They're still short. They only have six picks. They're missing a second rounder. You know, how many more picks do you want to trade into the future and all that? So Baker Mayfield will buy you that window two, three years down the road. If it's not working out, then you go back to the well. That's not what I want to see, by the way. That's not my first choice. Far from it. But that would be my ideal guy if, Zach, the Broncos did decide to go veteran. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, since we're playing with Monopoly money, my first choice would be Kirk Cousins. You put Cousins, a healthy Cousins, on the Broncos, they'd be an instant perennial playoff contender, but it's not going to happen. They don't have the money to make that happen. And Sam, it's so hard for me to answer this question because I hate this scenario with every fiber of my being is going out and, I mean... If you lose that on the first tier, and the first tier is Cousins and Mayfield, arguably, then what are you selecting from, Chad? You're selecting from Simeon and uh, Jameis Winston and, and just a whole bunch of Jags. And 
players who are not going to be your franchise quarterbacks, players that are not going to lead you to a Super Bowl, and players that are not going to give you uh, long-term sustainable success. You are only going to find that if you get your quarterback in the draft and develop him, hit on the right guy. So if they plan to groom a young guy, let's say a Bo Nix for, you know, give him the Alex Smith Mahomes treatment. You have set him under contract. If we're looking for a bridge that knows the offense, he's inexpensive. Why would you release him and then go sign someone comparable for more money and be in the same exact spot? This is the worst case scenario to me, Chad, if they go this route. I agree. I honestly agree. I'm tired of the reclamation projects. You know, um, we're one middle of the road quarterback away because it's still true guys. There is no such thing as a free agent franchise quarterback. There are the rare ultra ultra rare exceptions to the rule, like the Peyton Mannings of 2012 and the Tom Brady's of what was that? 19 or 20 either way, every once in a freaking blue moon, a bona fide free agent franchise quarterback becomes available, but he still comes with some warts in most of those cases Zach, he's a little long in the tooth, right? Like, you know, he's well into the back nine, the odds that um, Kirk cousins is going to come in and be your just no brainer franchise guy. I mean, what year would he come in 12? Mm-hmm. So he's, what is he now? He's entering 14 year, year 13 or 14, right? Um, I'm not mathing so well right now, but either way he's getting up there too. So even if he ended up proving to be Zach that mythical exception to the rule, uh, you the clock's ticking, and he's coming off an ACL. Uh, it was an ACL Achilles. or was it Achilles? Achilles, which is worse. Yeah, Achilles. Um, Baker Mayfield, as much as I like him, he's not without warts. I mean, first there's the money aspect for both these guys, Zach. But with Baker, he can be a volatile personality. Let's face it. So first things first. Quit, quit delaying the inevitable. Go back to the well and draft a freaking quarterback. Kathy, again, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Friend. She says, feels like both Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy have appealing traits, but there is always that but. Which but are you more comfortable with? <laughs> oh, man, comfortable butts. You know? I don't know. For me, in, in that scenario, if you're saying between those two, I'm definitely Aaron on the side of Knicks for more than one reason. But the most uh, pressing being, I do see him as a better fit for Sean Payton. More of a sure thing, although still still far from it. But Zach, let's also not forget, Knicks, one of the most experienced signal callers to enter the draft in a long time. Five-year starter. Three at Auburn, two at uh, Oregon. So you get that kind of big sample size with which to, as a team, project what you could maybe expect from this cat, even as a young rookie, et cetera. I mean, young guy, rookie quarterback. So Knicks for me, McCarthy, he could have a ceiling that by far out outpaces Knicks, but there's still going back to her thing. Yeah. But there's his floor could be enormous, enormously low, like just way down there, like looking down off the empire state building. 
I like big butts and I cannot lie, Chad. And the biggest butt, pause, let me rephrase rephrase that. The biggest question mark here is Bo Nix. And I want to gamble on that question mark because I want to gamble on the potential. I want to gamble on the ceiling. And his ceiling, no matter who you ask, is infinitely higher than McCarthy's. That's my opinion anyway. McCarthy is a high floor, is a Mac Jones type that you could maybe be a middling to above average team. I don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl with J.J. McCarthy under center. Bo Nix, we don't know. I mean, he has a lower floor like you were talking about, Chad, but the franchise guys that you draft and develop and spend years putting work into, their ceilings are way up there. They're cathedral-style uh, ceilings. So yep. to answer the question, it came down to those two. Give me Bo Nix. David, jumping in with a super. Thank you, my friend. He says, let's slow down and take a breath. We have a long ways to go to be competitive. I don't know. It depends on what kind of glass, you know, you're looking through, so to speak. Like um, our our buddy and, and colleague, Nick Kendall, he's always going to take a little bit more of, and this is not a shot at Nick. He's more of a pragmatist. He's a little bit more of the glass half empty kind of guy. I think this morning I heard him talking about, you know, there's an argument to be made, Zach, that the Broncos were a six-win team that that managed to win uh uh eight games i can't remember all of his logic but because of some of the close you know single score by the hair of their chinny chin chin type wins you know that statistical outlier of how the defense was performing for that that six game win streak etc but i think zach there's an an even bigger and and more uh legit argument to be made that that was a team that that was a that was a nine or ten win team that underperformed. Why did you lose to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders in Week One? You could have beat them. I mean, obviously at the end there, you don't have Russ. Uh, the, their ignominious streak continues. But like early on, why did you lose to Washington? Like I, I chalk all that stuff. I mean, the Miami, you were walking into a buzzsaw either way. Like that defense just wasn't right yet. Uh, the offense was still struggling to kind of figure things out. But my point is. Even you, Zach, win one of those games. Like, you should have at least won the Washington game. I mean, win that Washington game. You should have. We're talking about nine wins. We're talking about uh, a, a very possible different result in terms of how the season takes place or finishes out. So, look, this is a long-winded way. I'm kind of rambling a little bit here for you, David. Apologies. But this is me saying, could, we, could the Broncos still be a long ways off from being competitive? Is it possible? Yeah. I would be a lot more Zach inclined to agree with David if it was like a first time head coach, if it was a, you know, Vic Fangio was still running the roost, so to speak. But I do still have a lot of trust in Sean Payton and uh, some of the things I've heard from people that been at the senior bowl. I mean, I mentioned one of them from Cecil Lammy about the things, how, how well regarded Sean Payton. I think this thing is still trending in the right direction. Although there are a lot more questions, Zach, in this offseason with Sean Payton at the helm than there were last. How about the Patriots game, too? I still can't shake that from my memory. That was the most egregious loss the Broncos had. But I think it's encouraging, and I'm as tough as it is in, in the last eight years to be optimistic, I'm going to look at it through this way. They went eight and nine in the first year of a new head coach who hadn't instilled his culture fully yet with a quarterback that wasn't right for his system and a defense that needed several missing parts or had several missing parts in the front seven. The fact they went eight wins, which is three more than his predecessor had, was encouraging. So I agree, David. 
no one is going to buy into the hype of the Broncos being a championship contender, Super Bowl contender in 2024. But who's to say if they can't hit on a quarterback and fill some pieces in elsewhere that they can't push for a playoff spot, they can't push for 10 wins. The Houston Texans are the best example of how fast a turnaround can be if you get certain areas of your team right. And there's a team literally every year or two or three, just like the Texans that nobody freaking saw coming. So I just, Zach, I guess, you know, there's a, there's a difference between being willfully uh, blind and delusional and just kind of maintaining an overall, let's call it educated optimism. And um, I don't think we're being blind and deluded. There are results that you can sink your teeth into. Zach just mentioned it. We talk a lot about it on this pod. He did, Sean Payton, move the needle for the Broncos by three wins. Obviously, was a net positive on Russ. A lot of different ways you can measure his positive impact, Sean Payton, year one, in less than ideal situ- you know, circumstances. So we just got to see how some of these offseason questions resolve, and then we, we can kind of, I think, feel a lot more confident in whatever our read on this situation is. George, thank you, bro. So good to see you. He says, no matter late or early, still the best pod on the internet. Appreciate Thank you, brother. George, thank Love you. you. Appreciate you. Um, appreciate your patience, my friend. Uh, and that goes for all of you guys when we're running late. Phil, down in Tucson, proving the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being, baby. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Was Sean Payton or George at the bowl? Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. Go Broncos. Uh, Zach, what have you heard on this front? Well, the Broncos had coaching staffs at the uh, the Senior Bowl. Sh- scouts were there. Um, you don't necessarily have to have the coach or GM in attendance when you have the uh, the underlings out there scouting. That's literally their job. So the Broncos were well represented, and I think it was Logan Kilgore. I, what's I forgot his title, but he was talking to I think he's the tight ends coach or uh, uh, quality control assistant. He's part of the Broncos staff. And um, he was talking to a player today, in fact, at the Senior Bowl. I Was it McCaffrey? Could have been McCaffrey, the tight end. So, it was Luke, Luke, Luke McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, so the Broncos are there. The Broncos are scouting everyone just like we are, and uh, they'll base their information on what they saw the last couple of days. I've told you guys my story. First time, Senior Bowl 2015. And uh, I'm waiting. I'm looking for any sign of Broncos, scouts, Elway. Etc. But the Senior Bowl began, Senior Bowl week, so everyone makes the trip Monday. Gary Kubiak announced as head coach presser that same morning, okay, um, Monday morning. So I'm waiting around to see. I mean, I flew literally my, my connecting flight to Mobile from the Rockies, my connecting flight from Houston to Mobile. Um, I, I flew on the way with the entire Kansas City Chiefs scouting department on the way uh, – uh, and that included, by the way, at the time, John Dorsey was their GM, sat right next to me across the little, you know, it was like a, one of those smaller planes, two two aisles, et cetera, small, two seats one, on one side, one on the other. And um, so I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, man. I can't wait to see all the Broncos scouts when, when I – not one to be seen anywhere, Zach, for two, three days. I think it was Wednesday late. I'm sitting there at the on the first row of the stadium at about the 50 sitting next to a few of my colleagues were watching practice and I'm like going, they've been hearing me complain all week. Like, how come I'm not seeing any Broncos guys? You know, I get it Kubiak, but you'd think they'd at least have scouts here, you know, 
because when these guys are out there, they're pretty clear, uh, whether it's combine Zach or, you know, senior bowl or a pro day, they wear their team insignias so that prospects know they're legit. Um, didn't see any of them. So I just no sooner Zach got done complaining that I haven't seen anyone where I turn like this to kind of stretch my back and I look up. Is that the Duke? The steps. And it's like maybe four rows to go from being at the top is a little clutch of, of guys, a little, uh, you know, three, four people. And I go, yo, that's John Elway. And I turned to my buddy next to me, uh, who covers the Colts, uh, still does Phil. And I go, dude, there's Elway up there. Finally. He goes, yeah, yeah. Go talk to him. And I turn, and I look up the stadium <laughs> and they are purposefully right sitting way above and away from everybody else like 25 30 rows away from on either side up down like they were clearly trying to be on their own so to speak i'm like nah he goes follow me and we go walking up these steps not the steps pardon me the bleachers we're walking up directly beneath them walking up the bleachers and i'm just going oh man what's about to happen here like is cringe level and um Turned out to be okay. We got up there, talked to him. It was it was really cool. John Elway was very uh, gracious, but uh, that's my story. Phil, there's an anecdote for you, big dog. Appreciate you. Mike Edel, good evening, gentlemen. What is the difference in cap impact if we keep Russ on the roster and make him compete for a job until someone wants to trade for him? Just curious what the hit difference would be. Go MHH. Very generous of you, Mike. Much love and respect. Um, Zach, I'm going to pull up his contract real quick, and if you want to – start kind of explaining things i'll pull it up i mean his 2024 uh cap number his salary is only 17 million okay but his cap number is 35 million because of the bonuses and all that stuff if you cut him before june 1st 85 million dead if you cut him after uh if you cut him as a post june 1st 35 million so there's the arithmetic zach go yeah, it's $85 million in dead money they'll have to swallow. If they designate him a post-June 1st cut, they can split it between uh, two years. I think 37 would be the first year, and what would the uh, remainder be? Whatever. I don't math very well, Chad. But uh, that's that's the – it's a negligible difference, but it's in terms of what Sean Payton wants to do at the position. Based on reporting and everything that's come out since his benching, it's been oil and water, that marriage. It just never really worked out. So it, it's really – the, the financials are part of it, but even Greg Penner talked about it. Even George Payton talked about it. It's a football-based decision. And yeah, they're going to keep the salary cap in mind, but ultimately Sean Payton wants to move on at quarterback. And what Sean Payton wants, Chad, Sean Payton's going to get. If there was, if Sean Payton believed there was a any feasible way that he could get production out of Russ, commensurate with his cost, it wouldn't even be an issue. But... Obviously, Sean Payton doesn't feel like they're going to get, uh, a, uh, you know, let's just call it a, in 2024, Zach, we'll just call it a $35 million worth of quarterback caliber, you know, $35 million caliber quarterback play. That's why we're at this kind of fork in the road. All right, two more, guys. Then we got to go. Uh, have to keep it tight tonight. I apologize. Kathy, again, thank you. She says, thanks, guys. I'm with you on Nick's. Liked him since Auburn, indeed. There's some good stuff about Knicks. Again, not a prospect without his warts. It's going to be interesting to see how his draft stock ultimately <laughs> resolves. Uh, here comes the Duchess. We're <laughs> sure mix a lot in this thing till the cows come home. Thank uh, you, I love it. Thank you, Michaela. She says, too many butts. Butts all stink. I really, really want Drake May. 
the uh, North Carolina quarterback. How in the world can we get it? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result is the very definition of insanity. True. That is. It's one of the definitions of insanity. I would love to see Drake May too. You probably got to get to three to have a legit shot because two. what I'm – Right, I know. But I've seen a lot of mocks and just kind of hearing things coming out of the Senior Bowl. Jaden Daniels, there could be more – you could have more believers, let's say, than than you think. Either way, to guarantee you get Drake May, too. That's my point. If I'm going to trade up that high and mortgage the future again, I want to make sure I'm getting my guy. And the only way to do that, Michaela, I'm right there with you, but it would be an extreme drastic measure. You're talking about a conversation that starts with three first round picks, a smattering of second and third round picks, and maybe even Patrick Sertan included in that deal. It's going to cost the Broncos dearly. And that's why most people aren't uh, on board with that, Chad, sacrificing so much capital, sacrificing a foundational player like Sertan. But the only way the Broncos are going to become winners is if they get that quarterback. And how many playoff games has Sertan won the Broncos? How many winning records has Sertan brought the Broncos? I, I understand he's an excellent player. Cornerback is important, but nothing, and I repeat, nothing is more important than the guy doing this every Sunday. I mean, you look at Drake May. Two-year starter, uh, last two years at North Carolina, basically passed for about 8,000 yards, so about 4,000 yards a year. A total of 62 touchdowns over those two seasons and 16 picks over those two seasons. So you're talking about, what, 31 and a half tutties to eight touchdowns or eight uh, interceptions and about 4,000 yards at North Carolina in the ACC. He's 6'5". He's 220 pounds. There's a lot to like about him. And of the top three, I like him as probably the most ideal fit for what we kind of envision or think of the Sean Payton scheme. But there are also rumors coming out of the senior bowl that he loves Sean Payton, Caleb Williams. But I don't think there's any way you're getting to one. Like the Chicago Bears, I don't know. I guess it depends on their ultimate view on, on Justin Fields here, Zach. But we're about out of time. I've heard that the Bears were uh, interviewing OC candidates and pitching them on potential pack, you know, uh, an offense with Caleb Williams at quarterback. So I think they're going to stay there, keep the pick and take Caleb, trade fields, hopefully not to Denver. It's They're not going to get to one. If they want Drake May, they're willing to have a drastic option. Number two would be the best bet, but I would not hold your breath on that, Michaela. But this is why, too, Michaela, we, we should feel confident the Broncos are going to do something big to get a quarterback because – you, you bring up the very definition of insanity. And a mentor taught me that if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've always got. Sean Payton's smart enough to know that. George Payton, by this point, you would think is smart enough as well. All right, last one, then we got to go. David, if we hit on a quarterback, who will the young QB throw to? Mims, uh, little Jordan Humphrey, and uh, who kind of cuts off there? Maybe there's something else. But, um, yeah, it just depends, man. It depends. I think – it's a pretty safe bet that one of Sutton or Judy will still be here for 2024 arguments to be made for each one on both the, the reason why you would trade them versus the probabilities and the, some of the obstacles. But um, there are many holes guys. That's the problem. Um, there are different holes that need to be filled. It's a great receiver class, by the way, you could take a quarterback in the first round, move up, whatever. And you could probably still find a high quality 
wide receiver with starting upside within his first two, three years as a, as a pro in the mid rounds. That's how deep this wide receiver class is. Yeah, I agree with you. They're probably going to keep, uh, I, I would say, Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy. But if you hit on the quarterback, as C.J. Stroud proved, it really doesn't matter who your receivers are because that quarterback makes everyone else around him better. I mean, the leading receivers in Houston were Tank Dell, Noah Brown, Nico Collins. Casual football fans had no clue who those players were, but they were blowing up this season because of the quarterback play. So they'll be fine. It, the number one priority, it, it's secondary, tertiary are the receivers. The number one priority is hitting on the quarterback. Well, we can now all get some sleep tonight knowing that Mr. Producer has made it home safe and sound from his five-hour trek uh, to Mobile. He's in the house. So, Scott, uh, welcome Welcome home, big dog. But we're out of time, guys. couple messages, then we got to go, so don't dip quite yet. Tremendous episode, as always, of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking each and every podcast, each and every day, Check out MHHmerch.com and get you some. If you haven't, please, please drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can also find us on IG at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcast, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, please... Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Uh, also, uh, before we dip, oh, <clears throat> pardon me. I didn't get a chance to say hi to uh, Michaela and Cooper. So good to see the two of you. You both rock. Also, uh, we got Smouse in the house I saw earlier. You know, we the chat moves fast, and when you we don't have Mr. Producer, we're kind of hopping from one thing to the next. We don't get to read every single comment while we're live. So anyway, just uh, wanted to say hi to, to the two of you. Jeremy, Sean also uh, really appreciate all the discussion you bring to the chat every night. Big dog RD as well. Earn big earns in the house, Ernie. All right. A special mile high salute though. And shout out to the great super chat superstars and supporters tonight. I'm talking the Duchess, Michaela Parker. I'm talking the ronk, uh, Kathy, in Germany, Mike Edel, Phil McLaughlin, George Fox, David Yunkin, Sam Bam going off, uh, James Moss going off, uh, and of course the Papa Bear getting things started, David McElrath. Much love and respect, guys. See you on Sunday. Can't wait. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. <laughs>